Hey, Northside family, it is so great to be with you today. It's been such an honor journeying with Northside for so many years now uh, with Nate and the staff and to see the growth in this ministry and the work that God has been doing through this church. He is doing a great kingdom work through Northside. In this area, and it's felt around the world, you have a great lead pastor and amazing, remarkable staff. Continue to pray for them. I encourage you to do that. And it's, it's just great to be with you. And I had the privilege uh, several years ago of actually leading worship on this stage. But other than that, my, uh, my involvement at Northside has been behind the scenes up until now. And I'm just kind of talking because I, I, I get this that many of you haven't heard a word I've said yet because you've been listening to my accent, as Nate, Nate, Nate said. I hope, it, I hope it makes me sound wise today. Uh, but uh, my accent uh, originated in my home state of Tasmania. I've been in the US now for 18 years. Colorado has been home that whole time. But I get the strangest looks when I talk in places like southern Indiana. And as Nate said, uh, my first ministry actually uh, was nine years in Sydney at a church called Northside. And so it's kind of nostalgic for me to say, hey, Northside. So Hey, Northside family, it's great to have you gather with us wherever you are, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your basement, in your backyard, whether you're hosting a watch party or whether you're with your small group, however you are gathered today, we are no less the church. And it is so great to be together as we continue in this message series, Echoes into Eternity, Finding or Getting Wisdom in a Confusing World. Now, that would be a great message title or series title in normal times, wouldn't it? But I'm sure that you would agree with me that the year 2020 AD has taken confusing to a whole new level. It's redefined the, world, the word. You know, and it started for, for, for me in my world uh, with unprecedented wildfires in my native Australia. We call them bushfires. And then we learned the shocking truth and reality of what a pandemic could do to our world. And then we added titles and phrases like social distancing and uh, novel coronavirus and COVID-19 to our vocabulary, and then racial tensions. And so a health crisis followed by a financial crisis, followed by a cultural crisis, has left us all reeling. And if you're anything like me, there's at times I haven't known what or how to pray. And I've been comforted by Paul's words in Romans 8.26 when he says at those times the Spirit intercedes for us, intervenes for us with groanings beyond words according to his plans and purposes. Things are not right right now. We wish they were different and it's left us feeling frustrated and weary on so many levels. It reminds me of more of Paul's words in that well-known passage or section of his first letter to the Corinthians chapter 13 when he says, what we're experiencing or seeing or feeling right now is like a dim image in a mirror. It's blurry. It's out of focus. And we live in a, in a screen-centric world. And when something on a screen is blurry or out of focus, we don't have a lot of tolerance for that these days. We get frustrated. 
You know, I've always been proud of my 2020 vision. I'm the only one in my family of origin who doesn't have glasses. But since turning 40, and as I've advanced in my 40s, I'm, I'm having to adjust things to, to get them in focus, to read them. And I don't have a lot of tolerance for that. I think I need to make an appointment to go to the optometrist. Side note, I'm working out that every health decision you make after turning 40 is a compromise. But Paul says what we're seeing now is blurry, out of focus compared to what we will one day see in eternity. Then it'll be crystal clear. It's like a, a pair of binoculars that you just can't focus. You know what I mean? You're just trying to get those things in focus. I've got uh, two boys, 13 and 11, and especially when they were younger, they loved binoculars. They would fight over them. When we were, when we were uh, fortunate enough to go to an NFL game, they'd fight over those binoculars. Am I allowed to mention our team, the Denver Broncos, in these parts? This is Colts country, right? We're no threat. We're in a rebuilding phase, let me just say that. A re rebuilding phase ever since uh, we lost our star quarterback several years ago. He retired. Oh, hang on, hang on a second. He was your star quarterback, wasn't he? And then you got another star quarterback and he retired. Anywho. So the boys will grab the binoculars and they'll be trying to focus in on their favorite players and they'll hand it back to me and I'll be trying to focus it in. And it is so frustrating. But one day, one day, it's going to be crystal clear. Until then, may eternity echo in our lives as we pray that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. That prayer that never fails, God, have your way. Let your kingdom echo in our lives. Because kingdom echoes that bring perspective and purpose and ultimately focus. So what's the one thing that we need to get that's going to help us focus in better on those echoes of eternity than anything else? Well, there's no free dinners for guessing the answer because Nate's already talked about it and it's in the byline of the series title. It's wisdom. We need to get wisdom at all costs. So fortunate for us, there's a whole book in the Old Testament called Proverbs that's dedicated to the study of wisdom. And we're going to camp out in that today. I'm going to jump all around with all kinds of scripture references. So put your seatbelt on. The wisdom of Solomon. That's a saying that has, has lasted for generations. You don't even need to be a believer to have heard of the wisdom of Solomon. While it's believed that he wrote much of the book of Proverbs, it's better to think of it as the wisdom of the Israelite people to who the book was originally written. More importantly, containing nuggets to help you focus in on living a godly life with purpose. Much of the book of Proverbs is profoundly spiritual and some of it is just common sense. Like guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. 4.23, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, 15.1. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of, of adversity. One whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. One whose tongue is perverse falls into trouble, or literally he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest, 2-7. This is stuff you can use. 
This is a powerful book. How about it? A chain is as strong as its weakest link. Or absence makes the heart grow fonder. Or a bird in the hand is worth two in the, bu- in the bush. Wake up. I didn't give you references to those, did I? Because they're not in Proverbs. They're life observations. You see, Proverbs works on the pretext of chapter 1, verse 7, or chapter 9, verse 10, that remind us that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. It brings context to our lives and context to Proverbs. So why fear God? Let's linger here for a minute. Why fear the Lord? Well, the Israelites, who this book was originally written to, they, they worshipped an Old Testament God. They were yet to experience the grace of God embodied in the person of Jesus. They'd experienced his provision, his guidance. They'd also witnessed his wrath and his power. And we learn from Old Testament encounters that that people like like Isaiah and Moses had with Almighty God, that they didn't turn away. They were drawn to him. They were overcome in his presence, amazed, responding with willing allegiance and obedience. We also learn from these encounters in the Old Testament that God is neither comfortable nor safe, but truly awesome. Here's a side note. I think we overuse that word awesome in today's culture. I wish we could reserve it just to describe the things of God, not cookies or good deeds or a nice pair of shoes. Just the awesome power and presence of God. So because of his awesome power and presence, we should fear God. But because of the saving grace of Jesus responded to with surrender and willing obedience, we need not fear life, which is good news good news for us and that is King Jesus that's the mystery of him and fear of the Lord often he's described as the lion and the lamb you know I tried to explain fear of the Lord to my then 10 year old several months ago and it was a challenge literary genius C.S. Lewis does it best as he paints one of the clearest pictures of this healthy fear through our imagination in his story the lion the witch and the wardrobe As the character Mr. Beaver explains to Lucy that Aslan, C.S. Lewis's allegory for Jesus, is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Is he quite safe? asks Lucy. I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He's the king, I tell you. And if I've succeeded in confusing you even more about fear of the Lord, welcome to the amazing, wonderful mystery and journey of faith. It's the most awesome adventure of all. All that to say, fear of and reverence for the Lord brings context to this powerful book. So powerful that instructions are needed and provided here in chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, are for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple. 
knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. This much, this pretty much covers, covers all of us, doesn't it? Those of us who aren't the sharpest tool in the toolbox, we get wisdom. And those that are the top of the class, they get to add to their learning and everybody in between. In short, wisdom brings meaning and purpose to our lives. It brings focus. Who doesn't want that? I wonder where the famous clinical psychologist, Dr. Phil, based his whole TV career on Proverbs 25. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. What about Judge Judy? Maybe she went with 29.9. If a wise person goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs and there is no peace. For you daytime TV fans, you've seen the raging and the scoffing, so I'm told. Or maybe you've come across a, 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 an Australian reality TV show online called Bondi Rescue, which is all about buff Australian surf lifesavers rescuing clueless tourists in the surf or in the rip, as we would say. You might be forgiven for thinking the show is about buff and ripped Australian surf lifesavers, of which that area you can see I'm severely lacking. But maybe they base that on Proverbs 27.12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Or remember that old show on PBS called Antique Roadshow? Maybe you don't. Maybe you know about the more commercial version, American Pickers, with those two guys that travel the US countryside looking for a bargain. Maybe they base that on 2014. It's no good, it's no good, says the buyer, then goes off and boasts about the purchase. You see, this book is full of surprises. But more instruction is needed in chapter 22, verse 17 to 21. Pay attention and turn your ear to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach, for it is pleasing when you keep them in your heart. And have all of them ready on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I teach you today, even you. Have I not written 30 sayings for you, sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you to be honest and to speak the truth so that you bring back truthful reports to those you serve? There's so much we could dig into here. But more than anything, we hope you're just intrigued and inspired and just plain interested to dig deeper into this book because it puts your trust in the Lord and puts you on the pathway to understanding, perspective, purpose, and wisdom. And for those of us that have chosen to follow Jesus, and I'm not assuming that everybody watching today has made that choice, we're on a quest for truth and wisdom to continue to grow to be more like Jesus. We need this book. We need to dig into this book. And people are watching us on that journey. Remember, you may be the only Jesus people see, or at least the first representative of Jesus some people encounter. 
Listen to these words in the New Testament. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation, of grace. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, representatives, as though God were making his appeal through us. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20. That can be a, a scary thought. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty grateful that there's a book like Proverbs full of intriguing and somewhat confusing sayings and advice that help me become more like God. Because in general terms, I'm not that smart. Actually, you don't know me very well, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you into a little secret. I didn't score very well on the IQ test in elementary school. And some of you who do know me are going, I knew it. My mom was a teacher at my elementary school and she later told me as an adult that I scored so low that some of the other teachers said to her, are you worried about Tim? Are you worried about his test score? To which she replied, oh no, have you seen him around people? We call those soft skills today. You know, I've been really, really grateful for having healthy parents. I don't take it for granted. But one of the many things they've taught me is you live up to people's belief in you just as much as you can live down to their opinions. And so how is this kid from Tasmania with a low IQ score standing here today, doing what I'm doing today? Only by the grace of God. I've learned in my life that he writes way better stories than I do. I've also learned the truth of Philippians 3, that whatever I considered gain, I now count as lost compared to the simple but profound benefit of knowing Christ and digging into his wisdom and his truth of his ways and his word. So here's a a simple strategy for wisdom and focus in life from our book today. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. I want to give you a few keys today to finding purpose through seeking wisdom. And the first key to finding purpose through seeking wisdom, I believe, is humility. Echoed in 1 Peter 5, 5 in the New Testament, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because, and he actually quotes Proverbs three thirty four here, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. You see, the pathway on the journey to humility is as long as our walk on the earth. And given the very nature of humility, just when you think you're starting to achieve it, you need another lesson in it. You might recognize, we all might recognize, these two stumbling blocks on the pathway to humility. Comparison. Proverbs writes, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones, 1430, and judgment. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart, 21.2. Comparison and judgment. And you know what breeds comparison and judgment more than anything else in today's culture? Social media. 
social media. And our generation is hooked. We live in a TGIF culture, Twitter, Google, Instagram, Facebook. It's not reality. It breeds comparison and judgment. It's highly addictive and we need to control it before it controls us. And believe it or not, the Bible has a lot to say about social media. In fact, there's a great little filter you can use for social media that comes straight from Paul in Philippians 4 verse 8. When it comes to social media, concentrate on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Or maybe today Paul would say, tweet Google, Instagram and Facebook about such things. You see, social media, everybody talks and nobody listens. Proverbs has got something to say about that too. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. 18.2. We need listening now more than ever, friends. And I, I want to give you some simple advice when you're thinking about posting on social media. Allow me to give you some simple advice this week as you get ready to post. Think. Just think. God gave you a brain, so use it. Is what I'm about to post elevating me or is it building other people up? Do people really need to see a picture of everything I'm about to eat or drink? Do they really need to hear my opinion on every little thing that's going on right now? Most importantly, is what I'm posting a barrier to people seeing God's grace in me? Friend and colleague, author and speaker, Todd Clark has a great acronym for that word think when it comes to social media. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Think. Be slow to judge what you see because no one ever posts their worst moments on social media, only their best. Charm can be deceptive and beauty is fleeting, it says in Proverbs 31, 30. You know, the writings of Oswald Chambers have been challenging me lately. Recently, I, I read this from him. Jesus' instructions with regard to judging others is very simply put. He says, don't, don't. Jesus says that as his disciple, you should cultivate a temperament that is never critical. This will not happen quickly, but must be developed over a span of time. You must constantly beware of anything that causes to think of yourself as a superior person. Because pride comes before a fall, Proverbs 16, 18. He goes on to write, every time we judge, we condemn ourselves. Check out Romans 2, 17, 24. Stop having a measuring stick for other people. There is always at least one more fact which we know nothing about in every person's situation. I've never met a person I could despair of or lose all hope for after discerning what lies in me apart from the grace of God. Wow. Above all else, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And a guarded heart brings about humility 
and humility is the gateway to wisdom. C.S. Lewis also wrote that a humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, one translation reads, and one who waters himself will be watered, 11.25. Think of others first. Pour into others and you'll grow. And remember that we don't know it all. We don't know it all. So be slow to speak, quick to listen, and quick to learn. Which brings me to the second key to getting purpose through seeking wisdom. And that's curiosity. Now, I've established that I'm not that smart, but I am a quick learner and I learned quickly that the best decision I could make on my pathway to growth and wisdom was to be curious about everything, especially God's word, and then to learn from those people that God put in my path and to ask great questions because the quality of your questions determines the quality of your life. Now, when I was a teenager, I used to get called uh, called quiz because I asked so many questions and I would drive everybody crazy. And what felt more like a special need at that stage of life is starting to feel more like a spiritual gift at this stage of life. Because questions unlock tension. Questions communicate interest and care. Questions provide valuable information. Questions lead to wisdom and understanding. And start with God. Start with God. If any of you lacks wisdom, James writes in chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Ask great questions and pay attention to what I say, the writer of Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 urges. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's body, 4, 20 to 22. Some powerful questions to ask. What's your story? What can I learn? What do I need to understand? How can I serve you? How can I help you? A great exercise is to sit down and just write out powerful questions to ask on your journey of life because make no mistake, the quest for wisdom involves great questions. So the third key to finding purpose through seeking wisdom is attention. Attention. God wants to give us wisdom. All we need to do is ask. Apostle Paul reminds us how in Philippians 4, 6, He says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And so what's on your prayer list? The one thing is the one thing we need to go after on your prayer list every time God grant us wisdom and then tune in, tune in. French philosopher Simone Weil said, attention is the only faculty of the soul that gives us direct 
access to God and his life-changing, profound, transforming wisdom. For the Lord God gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you. And understanding will guard you. Tune in to the power of Proverbs. Because everyone contains a nugget. A nugget aimed to shock and stir you into action by either encouraging you of its benefits or warning you of its dangers. The book of Proverbs covers a wide range of themes and subjects, not limited to, but including money and politics and relationships and character. And underlying each, each proverb is a choice. Wisdom or folly, which is an old Bible word for foolishness. You get to decide. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice, 12, 15. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe, 28, 26. You see, Proverbs are, are not promises. They're descriptions about how life usually works. Instructions on how to act and speak in certain situations, how to avoid problems, how to handle problems when they arise, to tune us in, to refocus us and ultimately bring perspective and purpose. You know, I wish we could dig way deeper into Proverbs today, but we don't have time to do that. But I do hope that you're inspired and intrigued to dig deep into this book this week and in the coming week, weeks, we need this wisdom. We need the goodness that this book provides. But as we prepare to close, I want to read over you some proverbs, some gems from this book. And let these words tune in your attention and refocus your vision. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Three, five, and six. My late mother-in-law prayed that, spoke that over my wife and I on our wedding day 20 years ago, and we've held it close and dear in our relationship, and it's sustained us through the good times and the challenging times. <laughs> we've needed it this year. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. 35. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. 16.3. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes, directs their steps. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. 
though it costs all you have, get understanding. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 15.1. Wisdom or folly, focus in or focus out. You get to choose what to focus on. You know, I remember the first time our youngest, Jacob, looked into a pair of binoculars. He was probably about three or four at the time. And we were on one of the observation decks at the Grand Canyon in Arizona. And it was one of those public pairs of binoculars, you know, on a chain. I'm a germaphobe. I didn't want him to touch those things. And that was pre-COVID. But he was so set on it, so much so that I think he lined up for 15 minutes. This is a three or four-year-old. He lined up for 15 minutes to get a turn at looking into those binoculars. As he got closer, I started to get excited because I wanted to see the look on his face when he saw God's creation, the Grand Canyon, magnified and in full focus. Only to see him step up to the plate, put those binoculars to his eyes, and spin him around to look at the other people standing on the observation deck. Wisdom, folly, they're an entirely different view. Wisdom, the Grand Canyon. Foolishness and folly, just a bunch of out of focus images. You know, I long, I long for my kids to know the treasure of wisdom. And even more so, our Father God longs for us, His kids, to know the wisdom of eternity. That is His kingdom come on earth, bringing grace, unity, Hope, love, that's what we need to focus on. That's what brings true focus. You see, 2020 vision is putting our trust in the Lord. Focusing on the things of Him, not the blurry, out of focus, dim image in a mirror. Vision in challenging 2020 is acknowledging Him, acknowledging eternity echoing all around us, surrendering to Him, submitting to Him. Maybe you need to do that for the first time today. That's the straight path from here to eternity. That leads to true purpose. Northside family, as we close, I want to pray over you a simple prayer that I find myself praying more than any other these days. Would you join me and bow your heads? And if you're comfortable, would you just open your hands as we pray this together? God, please grant us wisdom. Wisdom to love you a little more today than we did yesterday. To love those around us a little more today than we did yesterday. 
and to grow to be more like you. And God, we pray for an extra measure of trust that we may be able to focus on the things of you, that we may step out and take the risks that you're calling us to take this week, to be hopeful and joyful in the midst of so much unknown. And God, we pray for discernment and awareness to see where you're at work, that we may be a part of that this week. God, thank you for your wisdom and how you bless us with it each day. Lead us on, Father, we pray in your name. Amen. Lean into his wisdom this week, Northside family. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for being with us.